This is Cashflow Ninja, episode 260 with James Turk. Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Here is your host inside the dojo, MC Laubscher. Hello, Cashflow Ninjas. MC Lobsha here, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today, and in today's show, we're going to look at how to protect yourself with gold and silver from the money bubble. My guest in this episode is James Turk. James is the founder and lead director at Gold Money. James began his career at Chase Manhattan Bank, where he worked on assignments in Thailand, the Philippines, and Hong Kong. Since, he has been the manager of the Commodity Department of Abu Dhabi Investment Authority and held various advisory roles in money management. In 2001, he co-founded Gold Money with his son, Jeff Turk, and remains an active board member and advisor today. Please share your feedback and thoughts on today's interview. You can let me know your thoughts on Twitter by tweeting me at MCLobsher or by email at info at CashflowNinja.com. And please remember to join our mailing list by signing up at CashflowNinja.com or texting CashflowNinja to 44222. To ensure you never miss one of our episodes, you can download our free interactive smartphone apps on the Apple and Google Play app stores. Are you interested in real estate investing but don't know where to start? Join Ops Properties as the premier provider of turnkey lease option investment properties. With their proven system, you can have cash flow within 30 days. To get cash flow within 30 days, go to joinopsproperties.com. The wealthiest investors on the planet know how to capture their wealth and leverage it to perpetually grow it. If you're interested in learning the premier strategies of the wealthiest individuals and families on the planet, you can access an educational webinar at cashflowninja.com forward slash be the bank. James, welcome to the show. Thanks, MC. It's great to be with you. Can you please share a little bit about your background and journey with my listeners? Yeah. Um, First of all, I'm 70 years old, so I've got five decades of experience in international banking, finance, and investments. Um, I'm probably best known, though, for being the original founder of Gold Money, which I started back in 2001. And gold and silver have been and remain my specialized area. So hopefully we'll have an opportunity to talk about what I'm looking for for gold and silver in the year coming ahead. Absolutely. And before we touch on that, uh, staying on, on gold specifically, uh, what, there's attributes and characteristics that have made gold the store of value for centuries. Uh, can you share this with some of my listeners that might not be as familiar with that? Yeah, that's really a good question. Um, there are a number of examples that we can use. Uh, for example, an ounce of gold today provides the same amount of crude oil as it did 60 years ago, um, a, a ounce of gold will buy you a man's suit. An ounce of gold bought a Roman senator his toga. Uh, the question is, is why does gold maintain its purchasing power like this over long periods of time? Uh, it does what money is required to do. Um, it's the supply and demand it remains constant. So the purchasing power of gold remains constant over long periods. The uh, We have to remember that Everything we humans produce gets consumed and disappears. Uh, you know, even 
metals like copper disappear in a sense that they're dispersed throughout uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of different uses uh, around the globe. But gold gets accumulated, and all of the gold that is mined, been, uh, mined throughout history would form a cube that you could slide under the arches of the Eiffel Tower. Um, so the interesting thing is, is that this cube of gold, this accumulated above ground stock of gold, or what I call, you know, the M3 of gold, you know, we talk about M1, M2, M3 for the dollar, uh, M3 for gold is all of the gold that's been mined throughout history. Um, that grows by about one and three quarters percent per annum year after year after year, which is approximately equal to new uh, to, to population growth and new wealth creation. So you have this consistency in supply and demand. That's why gold has been money for thousands of years, and it continues to be money. Um, a lot of people mix up the term money and currency. They're two different things. You know what we're using from hand to hand or circulate through the banking system. That's not money. That's currency. It's a money substitute. Money is gold. Um, and the reason why money is gold is that money comes into existence just like any other product, good or service comes into existence. It's a combination of labor um, and capital coming together to bring uh, to produce a product that's useful um, for you know society. And gold is useful for society as money for economic calculation to enable us to communicate prices and value across the globe. Uh, that's the way it has been. We've diverged a little bit from that since 1971. But my view is that ultimately, when this um, silliness with fiat currency uh, comes to an end, uh, we'll go back to gold at the center of global commerce. And a fiat currency for the new listeners too. I mean, this is money issued by decree. So this has uh, the legal, I mean, most country, all countries have legal tender laws and that's where the fiat currency gets its power from. It's not backed by anything. And uh, James, most of these experiments with fiat currency throughout history has not ended really well. That's right. It's not just most of them. It's all of them. None of them have ended well because, you know, the, the, the propensity of politicians is to make people happy. And the way you do that is you spend money. Uh, but unfortunately, politicians just print more and more money until eventually the currency gets destroyed. Uh, we've seen it in so many different countries around the world. Um, and it's happening now uh, in the major Western countries because inflation rates are starting to pick up. Uh, the purchasing power of the currency is, is being eroded away. And eventually that erosion comes to a conclusion when people abandon the currency and they go to something else. Can you give us a little bit of an overview about the gold market and also touch on uh, the little brother silver and the silver market and what is uh, your outlook for both of these metals uh, in 2018? Yeah. Um, you know, I think to really look at the gold market, you have to go back uh, decades. Um, and again, you know, we see the gold price going up, but in reality, it's not the gold price going up. It's the purchasing power of currencies going down. Um, so, you know, earlier I said that an ounce of gold today buys the same amount of crude oil as it did in 1950. In 1950, that barrel of crude oil was $2 um, a barrel. You know, now it's $62 a barrel. Um, so, uh, it's not that crude oil is becoming more expensive. It's that the dollar is becoming worth less. It's being, it's purchasing power is being eroded by inflation. So, you know, gold is a, uh, is money. It's not an investment. Uh, I think this is an important point. You know, when you look at your portfolio, you have two components. You have investments and you have money. 
The investments are where you take a risk. You put your money at risk in order to generate some kind of rate of return. And, you know, hopefully at the end of the day, you've made a wise investment and you will increase your wealth. Gold doesn't really increase your wealth. It preserves your wealth. Um, and it can't increase your wealth because it doesn't generate cash flow. It's just a sterile asset. It's not something that creates or produces wealth like a, a, um, like a share of a company can produce wealth. Uh, gold is just money. Uh, so you look at gold really uh, as a way of preserving purchasing power over long periods of time. Mining shares, on the other hand, are an investment. You know, if you see a mining company that you feel comfortable with in terms of the management, the financial statements, you know, the country it's operating in and all of the other criteria that you need to make an investment in any share, whether it's a mining share, a tech share, or a financial company share or whatever, um, that's an investment. But gold is money. Now, the monetary system and the global monetary system has changed uh, around about every 30 to 40 years. Just looking at the last uh, century with the Federal Reserve coming into play in 1913 through the Federal Reserve Act, um, it might only be a coincidence that it was uh, kind of timed with the U.S.'s entry into World War I. Um, and then uh, the Bretton Woods Agreement after World War II. And then 1971, money changed again, or currency or the global uh, financial system with the Nixon shock and Richard Nixon taking the world off the gold standard. So it looks like there's a lot of changes uh, in this in, in the system. We're, we're definitely overdue for one. And as you mentioned, a lot of the uh, politicians across the world have inflated their currencies and it's uh they they've tuned up the printing presses when does this come uh, unglued um when do we see start to see serious hyperinflation because we've definitely seen inflation um and how does this all play out yeah it's really a good question you know it, it is of course impossible to predict the future so the question is what do we as individuals do uh, to protect ourselves, given that we cannot predict the future. Um, you know, how do we deal with an uncertain world and an uncertain outlook? Because nobody knows what's going to happen, you know, tomorrow, let alone, you know, a year, a couple of years from now. Uh, and when it comes to money and investing, what you have to look at is where is the good value um, and what where what is overvalued? So regardless whether you're talking about investments or 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 money, um, you want to be uh, moving out of things that are overvalued and moving into things that are undervalued. Now, gold back in 2011 reached a high in U.S. dollar terms of um, approximately $1,910 an ounce. For the last uh, seven years, we've been uh, in a correction. But here's the important point. that After that uh, 2011 peak, Gold corrected. Markets, you know, never go in a straight line. They do correct. The low was in December of 2015. Um, there was another uh, low in December of 2016, and we just went through a low in December of 2017. Each, the, each of those lows were higher than the previous low. So we've already begun a bull market uh, in in gold, and this is true for silver as well. And what's happening? You know, going back to get rid of the overvalued assets and accumulate the undervalued assets with all of this craziness going on in the world in terms of stocks, real estate prices, Da Vinci's selling for half a billion dollars. You know, people are looking for the undervalued assets and the smart money has been moving into the precious metals. It's been steady and consistent. And as I say, it started back in 2015 and it's still uh, 
uh, underway now. And my expectation is just that this trend toward higher metal prices or lower purchasing power of the currencies that are buying the metals will continue at least in 2018, but probably for you know a few more years. You're listening to James Turk on the Cashflow Ninja podcast. We will be right back after a word from our sponsor. This is MC Laubscher, the host of the Cashflow Ninja podcast. As you may know, I'm also the president and chief wealth strategist of Valhalla Wealth Financial. We help individuals, families, small businesses, entrepreneurs, and professionals build their wealth outside of Wall Street and help investors maximize the use of every dollar in their personal economy and boost their investment gains. We do this by combining the capital and investments with the financial vehicle of the wealthy according to the infinite banking concept. If you're interested to learn more about privatized banking and the infinite banking concept, you can access an exclusive webinar at CashflowNinja.com forward slash be the bank. You're listening to James Turk on the Cashflow Ninja podcast, and now back to our interview. Can you please share a little bit about the company that you founded, Gold Money? Because there's a lot of interesting things that you guys uh, have done with that. Uh, there's a pattern that you have for this digital gold currency that you've created. Um, and also just share a little bit of the value that you guys provide to the marketplace uh, through many of the, the offerings that you have, su- such as international diverse, uh, diversification. Yeah, we. Um, I started the company back in 2001, so we've been operating now uh, for uh, 17 years. Um, in fact, our 17th anniversary is going to be in February. We're storing approximately $2 billion worth of precious metals. We've got one and a half million customers uh, around the world, um, and we provide a very safe alternative to hold your gold and silver in a lot of different locations around the world. Um, you choose whether you want to own gold or silver, platinum, palladium, or any combination of those. You choose the vault uh, where you want to hold it, whether it be Canada, um, England, um, Switzerland, uh, Dubai, uh, Hong Kong, Singapore. And the, you also choose the vaulting company that you want to have stored. Uh, but once you've done that and the metal is placed in a vault, it's insured, it's audited. Uh, we look after it for you. Um, the, the fees are very reasonable. Gold is 0.12% per annum storage charge. But the key is that you can do with your gold just like you can uh, any fiat currency. You can just let it sit in your account or you can actually spend it. We enable gold to be used as a form of payment uh, within gold money. So if you want to click some weight of gold representing an amount of fiat currency from you to your brother-in-law in in, uh, South Africa, you can very easily do that 24-7. And this is the the, the key underlying element in gold money. What we're doing is we're creating gold as a form of currency uh, so that gold can circulate in commerce once again, but not the old way with coins. Uh, but a new way, it circulates digital, digitally, and those were the patents that I received back in the 1990s. 
It's very, very interesting because uh, in the information age, values transfer digitally, and this is a way to do it digitally, uh, still being backed by gold. It's quite, quite uh, unique. Uh, and what are some of your thoughts of on cryptocurrency as well? That's getting obviously a lot of ink on paper, or uh, and these days just on a screen or smartphones, right? What are what are some of your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, I'm actually quite keen on cryptocurrencies and have been for quite some time. Um, you know, gold money, the digital gold currency we uh, we invented in gold money is a type of cryptocurrency, but it's actually using gold as currency rather than something that's mathematically based. But I see cryptocurrencies and gold, uh, you know, sort of complementary to one another. That uh, you know, maybe cryptocurrencies are easy to use as a form of payment. Um, Cryptocurrencies, based on the present-day technology, cannot be confiscated, which is one of the risks you know that that gold has. Uh, gold uh, in the 1930s was confiscated by um, Lenin in Russia, Mussolini in Italy, uh, Hitler in Germany, and Roosevelt in the United States. Um, and you know it was illegal for Americans, for example, to own gold until uh, ni- 1974. When that 1933 uh, confiscation by Roosevelt, um, so you have what three decades uh, or four decades of time. Um, so gold can be confiscated because it is a tangible asset. But that's also one of its attributes. Cryptocurrencies, on the other hand, cannot be confiscated because it's a digital mathematical formula. But will at some point in time in the future somebody be able to break the technology that relates to that math? Uh, in the formula. And at the end of the day, um, I really see cryptocurrencies as a stepping stone to digital gold currencies. One of the value of cryptocurrencies is that people are recognizing that the fiat currency system doesn't work and they're trying to put their money and capital into something that is better and safer for them. And like any other good or service, it all comes down to usefulness. If something is useful to you, you will buy it. If it's not useful to you, then you won't buy it. And what people are finding is that cryptocurrencies are useful to them. And as a consequence, the price of cryptocurrencies has been rising. It's still early days, but I think the technology that cryptocurrencies bring to the table is very interesting. And I think they're going to be with us for a long, long time. It definitely is uh, fascinating to, to see what's going on. These systems being created outside of a, a broken system to eventually replace it. Um, now, James, you have had a fascinating career um, and uh, have decades of experience as, an, as a business owner, um, an investor, and an entrepreneur. If you were to go back to your younger self uh, and uh, just give you a little bit of some advice of what you need to do and what you need to focus on, what, uh, what would you say to yourself? I, I think there are a couple of things. I think one is you have to be self-reliant. Uh, you can't expect other people to, you know, really, you know, help you out. That's not the way society works. You know, Adam Smith had uh, society clearly defined back in 1776 when he wrote The Wealth of the Nation and talked about the invisible hand. You know, when you enter in, in, into any kind of exchange or when you go into the market, you know, to buy uh, goods or services to meet your needs or to meet your wants, um, both the person selling the good and service and you as the buyer benefit. Um, that's the, the voluntary interaction, peaceful interaction that, you know, people engage in zillions of times a day 
um, as we cooperate with one another. So, but see, the key element of that is is the self-reliance. You you have to um, look after yourself, and the best way to do that is to educate yourself. In my own particular case, I studied international economics at one of the best universities in the United States, and uh, graduated with academic uh, honors. And I learned how gold was the barbarous relic of the past and had no role to play in the monetary system. And when the U.S. government stopped supporting it at $35 an ounce, it was going to go to seven. Instead, it started rising um, when the link was broken in 19, uh, 1971, or actually even earlier than that uh, in terms of the, the global market. And I realized very quickly that either what I learned in school was wrong or gold was very overvalued. And over the next three years, I just re-educated myself as to how the world world really works. The educational system, uh, uh, you know, what I learned in school was totally wrong. But uh, so, you know, education is really, I think, first and foremost, the most important element. And that's, you know, I would give to advice that uh, advice to people, you know, read and read everything you can get your hands on. The Internet is a great source of material. Uh, there's a lot of garbage on, on the uh, Internet and a lot of rubbish. But on the other hand, there's some very good stuff on the Internet as well. Um, and, you know, books, articles, things like that, you know, read as much as you can and educate you, yourself as much as you can. The educated person has an advantage of the person who is not educated. Gotcha. No, and I yeah, couldn't agree with you more. Um, just looking at <laughs> still some of the advice and some of the information that uh, comes from a, a lot of academics. I think it was Paul Krugman that said that the uh, the internet would have uh, the same impact on humanity and our lives as uh, basically the fax machine back then. So uh, <laughs> it it shows yeah. it shows yeah it shows you where they're coming from and how how really how they're seeing the future. Um, now a core message. Our shows to leave our families, communities, and the world better than we found it by passing down a mindset, values, and principles to future generations, not just money. So, if you cannot pass on any money to future generations, and we're only allowed to pass on three principles to them to build wealth and achieve happiness and success, what would they be? Well, I think honesty would be right there near the top. You have to be honest in your transactions with uh, with whoever you're, you know, are, are contracting with or whatever you're you're, you're doing. Um, that's not only true from a business point of view, but, you know, you and your day to day life, you also have to be honest with yourself. Um, I think that would be the number one thing. We've already spoken about education. I think that's really key. And, you know, I see parents uh, as a responsibility. They have to educate their children uh, to bring them into the world so that they are responsible adults. Um, other than that, um, you know, I, I can't think of a third one. I, I think those pro- those two would probably be right at the top of my list. And those two are great ones. Uh, James, how can my listeners uh, learn more about you, what you're involved in, and stay in touch with uh, all of the projects that you're involved with? Yeah, I think the best thing is probably, you know, look at goldmoney.com. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, I've got 20,000 followers. My uh, tweet uh, uh, um, symbol is uh, uh, FGMR for Free Gold Money Report. Um, so you can follow me on Twitter as well. Thank you so much, James, for coming on the show and sharing your journey and your knowledge and providing so much value for my listeners. Thanks for inviting me, MC. It was great speaking with you. Thank you for joining my guest, James Turk, and myself on the Cashflow Ninja today. 
If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here at the Cashflow Ninja, please subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes and share our show with family, friends, and your network. I'm always trying to learn and improve in every area of my life. So if there's any way that I can provide more value for you and serve you better, please reach out to me at info at cashflowninja.com. If you're not a subscriber to the Cashflow Ninja Gosh Good newsletter, you can sign up for our newsletter at cashflowninja.com or text Cashflow Ninja to 44222. Jimmy Freeland and Bob Scott have been in your shoes and have used real estate investing to create passive income and become financially free. In just over three years, they've created a lease option empire with over 170 properties. They can show you how to do the same. To get cash flow within 30 days, go to joinopsproperties.com. You can also check them out on YouTube. Just search Join Ops Properties or call Jimmy and Bob at 314-799-2247. The wealthiest investors on the planet know how to capture their wealth and leverage it to perpetually grow it. If you're interested in learning the premier strategies of the wealthiest individuals and families on the planet, you can access an educational webinar at cashflowninja.com forward slash be the bank. That's our show for today, everyone. Until next time, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms. This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.